0: the Biggs. bigs time bigs with mully and haw bigs time the bigs report with Brad bigs bigs time Biggs his name is brad Biggs. brad Biggs talks football with you
1: mully and haw chicago sports radio six seven to the score Brad Biggs is the football man of the Chicago Tribune, a longtime contributor to the station and a valued friend. And he joins us now on the score hotline powered by IBEW Local 9, Chicago's original powerhouse since 1892. Big hey. Morning, Brad. Morning, boys. What's going on? Well, I was telling David, you know, watching the super wild card weekend, make sure we get it correct, um, I was thinking to myself, like, why are the Bears sticking with their coach? Why are they I mean, I will get we'll go through each candidate and, and the offensive coordinators, but it made me feel I don't know, bamboozled a little bit after that news conference. And then you see all these coaches become available and and Jim Harbaugh is, is, is interviewing with the Chargers and, you know, Belichick is in Atlanta. I, I mean, it's crazy to think that they're really on the way to something here and they're going to get themselves a, uh, a new coordinator on offense to work with perhaps Caleb Williams, who announced he's coming into the draft
2: yeah i mean there's a there's a a ton going on here uh certainly some coach movement but um yeah, they made their decision right and and now they're uh they're down the path toward hiring a coordinator and and we'll know in the future if it was the wrong one but you've got some coaches with uh, uh hall of fame resumes that that are on the street and and uh Yeah, but they would have known. You know, it's not like Belichick being available as a stunner. Uh, It's not like Harbaugh meeting with the Chargers yesterday uh, comes as a surprise. Yeah, the Pete Carroll thing may be uh, a little bit of a surprise, but not a stunner Um, in the case of Belichick and Pete Carroll. You're talking about guys that are in their 70s. So it's going to be fascinating to see how the game of musical chairs for some of these teams and coaches seeking work uh, plays out, but it was a rough weekend for the Bears, right? You saw a couple uh, d- divisional opponents look pretty good, especially uh, the Packers to go down there and uh, just hand it to Dallas like that. And I know Dallas put up some yardage and, and managed to get some points be- before the game was over, but... Cowboys couldn't do anything offensively in the first half of that football game, and they'd been scoring 40 a clip at home um, at AT&T Stadium. So you've got Jordan Love. You've got that young defense. Uh, there really wasn't going to be a way for the Bears to get out of the weekend with a win, I suppose. But when you, you see the Packers do that, you see the Lions accomplish what they did, and then you got to – Houston franchise with a rookie quarterback uh, putting up 45 on the uh, number one defense in the league. There's a lot going on there.
3: There's a lot going on, Brad. And as we sort of texted over the weekend, it felt like the Bears lost <laughs> because C.J. Stroud, rookie quarterback, taking his team you know, to the next round, winning a playoff game. The Lions doing what they did at home, celebrating their first playoff victory in 32 years. The Packers youngest team in the league, doing what they did. And you wonder, how did the Bears close the gap? Are they as close as we're suggesting with all of this infrastructure and the defense and the draft capital and the cap space? Did you feel any differently about where the Bears are after this weekend than you did before it?
2: Probably not a whole lot differently. You know, I knew the Packers were solid. Maybe the Packers were probably the biggest surprise of the weekend, just because I mean they, they dismantled uh, the, the number two seed in the NFL and a team that had been really good uh, at home. And you look at what Jordan Love's done in a span of about two months now, and it, it's pretty remarkable. Um, the I, I believe the Bears are closing the gap. I don't have any questions about that. I. I, th- I think it's a little nauseating the uh, crowd that says, well, had, had they not blown these three games, they'd be 10 and seven and then the playoffs too. Well, those kind of things happen. And I think we touched on this before, you know, the we when you brought up the idea of a young team learning how to win last season, you got laughed at because, hey, buddy, there's a plan and it's called the number one pick, right? okay, they got the number one pick. They didn't learn how to win. Still got a young team, had to learn how to win this year. So are they just supposed to not have to deal with adversity or they're going to be pre-programmed to know how to deal uh, with adversity so they have those three games kind of go the wrong way on them? Oh, by the way, if you want to play the woulda, coulda, shoulda game, the 9-8 and eight Packers, Lost five games this season by four points or less. So, by the the calculation that some people are using, the Packers must have terrible coaching uh, for for that to happen. Here's why the Bears can close the gap in a hurry, guys. If they get the right quarterback, going to elevate the play of everyone around them. Yep. Okay. First, they've got to go out and complete Matt Eberflus's coaching staff. That's a very important step in the process. But if they get the right quarterback, you'll know it quickly. You'll see it soon. Uh, and and then, yes, you can you can close the gap because it's going to be a challenging division. Um, the Vikings have got a lot of question marks, but if they do bring back Kirk Cousins, a quarterback, they're going to be competitive. You know that from the jump, that, that they will not be a pushover with him, at quarterback, and some of the skill position talent uh, that they have. So it's uh, it's a critical offseason for Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus.
1: Um, I'm very curious your thoughts on the offensive coordinators. They have, I guess, interviewed five to this point. Uh, Shane Waldron, Clint Kubiak, Liam Cohen, Greg Olson, Greg Roman, right? That's the list thus far, five candidates. Is there someone else or is there
2: Well, oh, there's I, gotta be more. Yeah. Are they gonna stop at
1: some point? I, I'm not and I I got no problem with them interviewing everyone, but as each guy goes by you kinda think, Oh, that that might be a good idea or that would work. I don't know. What do you think of these guys and who would you hire?
2: Because they got an early start. And we, we, talked, we touched on this last week. You've got other teams that are looking to fill out their entire coaching staff. So, because the Bears have a head start, I think they can be methodical here in the early going with this process. And I would imagine that they probably want to have two rounds T- talk to a bunch of guys, whatever that number is. I know it's going to be larger than five. Talk to a bunch of guys. And then whittle it down to a much smaller list of candidates. Um, if they didn't have this head start on other teams, you know, you, pretty soon you'd look at it and say, "Geez, if they're cast in a a net that's this wide, do they even know what they want?" But I won't go there because, again, as I said, head start. Um, Ability to get out in front of it with a with a focused search here And so it makes makes it sense to talk to uh, a bunch of different people Find out what they think and then ultimately they're gonna have to sell these guys on their vision and what they've got going on at how on at Hallis Hall? especially if these uh, candidates have uh, Potentially multiple offers or options Two
3: part of Brad. So Greg Roman being interviewed, does that say to you anything about the potential future for Justin Fields in Chicago? And what did you make of Mel Kuyper suggesting that the Bears could get the eighth overall pick from the Falcons for Justin Fields in a trade?
2: Yeah, the Roman thing, I, I think that's due diligence. You're, you're talking to a guy who's had a lot of success, right? Uh, Baltimore for the beginning of Lamar Jackson's career with a lot of success there. He worked with Jim Harbaugh in San Francisco when they had success with Alex Smith and, and then Colin Kaepernick and reached a Super Bowl. Do I think that uh, A is necessarily uh, tied to B with Justin Fields and what the plan could be there? No, I, I don't. Um, I can I can completely understand why people would – Think that, uh, But I think Greg Roman's an experienced coach that's been around for a long time that's had success and makes sense to talk to him, especially when he's it's easy to schedule something with Greg Roman. He, he's not working right now. Uh, he was out this last uh, season. He's been associated with some highly successful uh, rushing offenses. That makes sense um, in terms of the Falcons. There's no no way in the world the Bears could get a first-round draft pick from Atlanta for Justin Fields, eighth overall. The Falcons had the fourth pick in the draft in 2021 when Fields came out, and they chose Kyle Pitts. They actually snapped the run on quarterbacks there, uh, the 1-2-3 of Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, and Trey Lance. Justin hasn't done anything in these three uh, seasons to – to validate uh, that. You, so, no, that's like Mel should stick to evaluating players, not trying to put together trades like this. <laughs>
1: um, yeah. We don't even know who their coach is. They did interview. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, right. They don't have a. But it's Does he want to trade
2: that pick? No. Yeah. It's the, the GM, Terry Fontenot, was there when they took the tight end pits at four and. They didn't take Fields. What has Fields done in the last three seasons where you'd look at it and say, boy, we screwed this up by not using the fourth pick on him. Let's see if we can get him with the eighth pick. Um, No, that's just nonsensical. Um, I'm curious,
1: when you see J.J. McCarthy declare on Sunday and then Caleb Williams declare for the draft and say it would be an honor to play – for the Bears. Um, is that is that the kind of thing a human being has to do to get drafted number one by the Bears?
2: Oh, so you gotta declare for the draft, yes. <laughs> you two have to do that. But and you gotta show enthusiasm. Yeah, Caleb Williams waited until the final day, which I think there were, a lot of people made a, a lot of news about because he had a whole lot of time to make this announcement. Uh USC was what was in one of those garbage bowl games that's played like at some point in December. So he we've known forever that he wasn't going to play in the bowl game. So you're kind of waiting for this announcement. No, he's not going to get in the portal. He's not going to stay in college, but CJ Stroud took it to the final day last year as well. Um, now we know he's going to be in the draft and the bears and a whole bunch of other teams. Look at the teams in the top 10 and then look at oh a good handful of teams that lurk in like the top 16 guys that are potentially going to be in the quarterback market with a ton of guys to look at and learn more about. I mean, there is, there is an immense amount of homework for the bears to do. I, you know, Washington sitting right there, new England, we mentioned Atlanta and they have a quarterback need and they have that eighth pick. So, You got teams lurking after 10, like uh, Las Vegas, Denver, uh, Seattle. Uh, So it's going to be really interesting uh, to see how it shakes out, what kind of movement uh, there could potentially be. And then, you know, if the Bears are going to stay at nine, guys, with their second pick, the more quarterbacks that go in the top eight, that's a and that would be assuming the bears somehow get a quarterback before they're on the clock at nine. Okay. If they go that route, but if they, if they do go that route and then they stay at nine, the more quarterbacks that go in those first eight picks, the more impressive the prospect there's going to be sitting there at number nine for them to consider.
3: Brad, I think I know the answer to this question, but just for the sake of the exercise here. Do you think anybody at House Hall has, maybe over the weekend or maybe even today, whatever the case may be, in a quiet moment over coffee or a beer or whatever, and just saying to Ryan Poles or Kevin Warren, do you realize who's out there? Do you realize that Harbaugh, uh, Belichick, Pete Carroll, Mike Vrabel, maybe Mike Tomlin is out there? Are we really sure we want to go down this road? Are we really sure we want to recommit to – our head coach, has anybody given any thought to maybe rethinking this? Is that even conceivable or is that just something to talk about? Because Brad, this is an unprecedented list of candidates that are available. Accomplished guys, Hall of Fame guys. And I just don't know the further away we get from last Wednesday, the more it's maddening to think that they never even considered or anticipated this.
2: I think they considered it, right? You, you, You knew Harbaugh Like, the smoke has been coming out of Ann Arbor for months. You knew Belichick was going to be on the street. So to suggest that they didn't anticipate uh, some of this would be off the mark. And I think um, they didn't rush into their decision, right? I think this is something that polls, likely in consultation with Kevin Warren, and perhaps involving George, spent some time on. Remember, the season ended up in Green Bay. The Bears got back, and uh, they spent a full two days before we knew if Matt, Eber, Matt Eberfuss would appear at a end-of-season press conference. We didn't know uh, the fate of the coach. So I, I don't... I wouldn't say that they rushed in anything. And so like, I completely understand you can disagree with what they did. Like, I get that. That's uh that's fair game. No question. I wouldn't say um, that they rushed in anything. I would disagree with that. And I think they would push back uh, on that as well. But you know, it, It's a rare group of accomplished coaches that are available, and it's extremely rare uh, when the Chicago Bears fire a head coach after only uh, two seasons.
1: Yeah, you know, eight of the last ten number one overall picks have been quarterbacks. I think there were two defensive ends in that group. Um, I think when you look at it, you go back to – to like Keyshawn Johnson in '96, when the first overall pick wasn't a quarterback, a defensive end, or an offensive tackle, and mainly it's quarterback. We know that. We know that there isn't a defensive end in this draft that could be a number one overall pick. We know that uh, the Bears are either going to trade the pick or someone is going to someone is going to take Caleb Williams. With the first Somebody. overall pick. Yeah. It's just that simple. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I was saying to David, I don't care if they can get the number eight overall pick for Justin Fields. I would trade him if you got a second or a third and maybe a sixth so you could get a punter late. I I, I mean, I just think that they have so many needs that that they can – take a quarterback, take a receiver, whatever they want to do. Um, but I don't need a number one pick to solidify the idea that Caleb Williams is likely the guy, and when he announced, everybody was overjoyed, and there'll be a run on the bank to get that guy.
2: Yeah, I mean, he's – he's. you talk to people, you spend time chatting with people, and the body of work that he's put up has him head and shoulders Above the others, could that change between now and April twenty fifth? Certainly, it's, anything's possible. But um, he—that's the chalk play right now. You know that he's the he's the prohibitive favorite uh, at this point, and um, the the Bears are going to get out of this draft one way or another with a quarterback in the, in round one. I would be willing to bet. Um, and the most obvious path is to use the top pick on a passer. They, there are a ton of different opportunities. As I mentioned, the vast number of teams that are in the quarterback market that could open up a world of different options. But the, the most likely path right now is, yeah, they they stay at one and and they use that pick on a quarterback.
1: Thanks, Brad. We appreciate it, buddy. Thanks, Brad.
2: Have a great day, guys.
0: We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch